the ministry offices given by Jesus to the New Testament church are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We read this in Ephesians 4, verses 8, and then 11 through 14. From heaven, Jesus calls that person that he has appointed to be minister, and he sets that person into the body of Christ. And Jesus teaches that person how to perform the office to which he is set. Now, many people set themselves into the ministries by going to Bible school. That won't work. You must be called by God. Ephesians chapter 4, start at verse 8. Wherefore he, Jesus, saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. From heaven today, Jesus calls his appointed ministers to the ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. You can have two offices or maybe even more. Paul was an apostle teacher. From heaven, Jesus called Paul by name. On the road to Damascus, a bright light shined around Paul and those with whom he was traveling. But from heaven, Jesus called Paul, who was then named Saul. Saul, Saul, why hast thou persecuted me? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. That is recorded for us both in Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26 is even more extensive accounting of the calling that God gave Paul. Paul was in bondage and was being judged by King Agrippa. In Acts 26 verse 2 Paul says, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews. 
especially because I know thee to be an expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify, that after the most strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and put many of the saints did I shut up in prison having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. Now, in chapter 22, Paul says, They saw this bright light, but they did not hear the voice from heaven that he heard. That's in chapter 22. Verse 14, And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. The call of God was on Saul, Paul. The bright light shone on all who were traveling with him, and it frightened them and they fell down to the ground. But they did not hear the voice from heaven, according to Paul in Acts chapter 22. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear to you, 
delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. So Paul was called by Jesus from heaven. Jesus had already been crucified and resurrected and was seated at the right hand of God when he called Paul. Just think about it. How did the new church come into being? When did it come into being? It came into being after the resurrection, though Jesus had called 12 apostles to walk with him. They did not have the Holy Spirit until the day of Pentecost, after Jesus was resurrected. We are given the Holy Spirit at the time we are born again. And we are born again at the time God reveals Jesus to us. I had been baptized in water when I was 15, choosing to be a Christian. But my life didn't change. I didn't have the Spirit of God. I went on pursuing my own ambitions. Then in 1975, I was sitting on the bed reading a book, and something came to my mind. It was not an audible voice. But it was directly to me, and I heard this. Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, sins? Ah, I thought they were mistakes. You see, God revealed my sins to me by the Holy Spirit at that time and changed me. And I was born again. A few days after that, I was asleep in the night. And I was transported into heaven. I was with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. I saw no images, physical images. It was a spiritual experience. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. A few days later, the exact same thing happened to me a second time. After that, I didn't care about anything except things of God. I owned a business at that time, but instantly... I had no interest in my business. Fortunately, I had three very competent women who could run the business, and I didn't do anything except buying an appraisal of art objects. And they ran the business and sold the merchandise, and I stayed home and read the Bible. Or went to a prayer group. I went to church. I wanted to be with the people of God, and I wanted to know things of God. And God started teaching me by revealing scriptures to me through the Bible, by the Spirit. 
I didn't hear exactly what Paul heard, but in time, God revealed to me that I was to be a minister. The gifts of the Holy Spirit that were given to me were a gift of exhortation for the church and also word of knowledge and probably a gift of faith. And when I would yield to the Holy Spirit at our Bible class or prayer group and do what I heard to do, it was very obvious to everybody that the call of God was on my life. And they often said to me, we know the hand of God is upon you. I went from place to place, and everybody said that to me. I wasn't as understanding, probably, as they were. But the gifts, the spiritual gifts given to me by God, revealed to them that the hand of God was upon me. So when you are called to be a minister, God shows you what to do, He directly will somehow call you and he will give you the gifts that are needed for you to perform in the office to which you are called. It's not that you go to other men to learn how to be a minister. I was very fortunate because in the two gifts that I was given, the two offices, there weren't any people to copy. The office that God gave me, which was so obvious to everybody, was prophet. But he also said to me one day, I have called you and set you in the body of Christ as an apostle. And I said, Apostle, what's that? The church I was attending at the time believed that there were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but we didn't have any apostles. I went to our Bible teacher and I said, who are the apostles at this church? And he was shocked. He said, I don't know. I said, well, what do they do? And he didn't know. So God had to teach me the work because there was no one for me to copy. A lot of these people who tell me they're pastors or evangelists, They just copy other people, and they put themselves into the ministry, even some without having the Spirit of God, by copying other people. Kenneth Copeland, I heard him say at one of his meetings that the way he went into the ministry is that he was um, flying a plane for Kenneth Hagin, a minister. And he began to think, well, I could do that. I could do the same thing Hagen does. So he got all of the tapes of Kenneth Hagen's preaching and shut himself up in his garage for about two weeks and studied those tapes. And that's how he put himself into the ministry. Not the call of God. He put himself into the ministry. I heard one woman who was very, very famous in the ministry. Uh, Her testimony was this. She said that her best friend came to her and said, you are the most boring teacher I've ever heard. So she hired somebody that was an acting teacher to teach her. 
and put herself into the ministry by telling people clever stories and enticing their flesh. And she's entertaining, but that's not the way you put yourself in the ministry. The Apostle Paul tells you how you act as a minister. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, start at verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What God showed me to do when I write or speak is just go before the congregation and the Holy Spirit will bring to my mind a scripture or a subject. Start speaking that. And then, at some point, the Holy Spirit may change the subject. Speak that subject. Just follow the Spirit of God. And that's what he taught me to do. But he told me, don't try to tell clever stories and amuse the congregation. Just follow the Spirit of God and speak that which is brought to your mind. That meets the needs of the people. Concerning prophets in the church, in the book of Acts we see the work of several New Testament prophets, Agabus, Silas, Judas, not Iscariot. Several prophets. Silas was a man, a prophet, who often accompanied Paul on his ministry trips. Looking at a few of these scriptures from the New Testament, Acts chapter 11, verses 26 through 29. And when he, Barnabas, who was an apostle, had found Paul, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Verse 27, And in those days came prophets, from Jerusalem unto Antioch. New Testament prophets in the New Testament church. Verse 28. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. 
Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cerny, and Manhan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Acts 15.32 And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. Acts 15, verse 40. And Paul, an apostle teacher, chose Silas, a New Testament prophet, and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And they went from city to city, sharing things of God with the church. John the Baptist, the prophet of God, who went before Jesus, prepared the way for the first coming of Jesus. I believe the role of prophets in the New Testament church today is to prepare the way for the second coming of Jesus. And we use many of the things John the Baptist did. We do many of the things John the Baptist did. Luke chapter 3 concerning John the Baptist. And then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Prophets often speak words that are fairly harsh. Verse 8, Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance. And begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. Now that really got the attention of the people. For in verse 10 it says, And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? How can we be saved? And he answered and said unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do Likewise, then came also the publicans to be baptized, and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than that which is appointed you. Don't overcharge the people. Don't overtax the people. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man. See, he knew they were doing violence. Prophets often know what you are doing because God gives his prophets often a word of knowledge to show them what the people are doing. I was speaking at a church 
uh, years ago in San Angelo, Texas, a small church. The pastor called for people to come forward if they wanted prayer. And then the pastor asked me to pray for them. I went down the line, the prayer line, from one person to another. And there was this woman standing there. And I said to her, now what is it that you want from God? God will tell me what you're doing. And she screamed in front of everybody and said, oh no, Lord, don't tell her. Well, the whole church just broke up in gales of laughter. They weren't deceived either. Prophets sometimes will know something without having any way to know the situation. God just opens your eyes to see what they're doing. So the soldiers came to John the Baptist saying, and what shall we do? Well, he knew they'd been doing violence. Do violence to no man, he says. Neither accuse any falsely and be content with your wages. And they thought maybe he was the Christ. So they asked him, are you the Christ? And John answers saying to them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. In today's church, the prophets are trying to prepare the people for the return of Jesus. Luke chapter 1, verse 16. And many of the children of Israel did he turn to the Lord their God. Prophets will be trying to turn you to the New Testament, to the Bible, because churches have often departed today from the instruction of certain scriptures. And always the prophets will try to get you to return to the Bible. Verse 17 of Luke chapter 1 concerning John the Baptist. And he shall go before him, before Jesus, in the power and spirit of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And that's what we're doing. Trying to prepare you for the second coming of Jesus. Verses 16 and 79. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Well, we're going to try to turn you to the Bible, which is the word of God, which is Jesus. Verse 79. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And prophets will also try to do that, get you to live in peace. For that's the end time message for the church. Turn away from the world and live in peace. 
Don't be out there protesting in the streets. Trust God to bring justice. He will. God will set it all right. Man will not be able to judge properly without the Holy Spirit. God will. Live in peace. Withdraw yourself from those people who would stir you up and live in peace. For all we're doing today is waiting for the return of Jesus when he removes us from this present earth and takes us to the new heaven and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. You'll never be able to make this earth righteous. It is the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Second Peter chapter 3 Prophets will try to turn you from the ways of the world and turn you to God and the peace of God. Follow after the things that make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.